I'm thirsty. I'm very thirsty. Scripture said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. I'm thirsty. I trust you are this evening. We have looked so forward to having Brother Stephen I. Valley, pastor in Jinja, Uganda. And uh, Brother Stephen, you've won our hearts. You have won our hearts. And Brother Tim has been a great ambassador for Uganda. Last Sunday we had a report, but I remember the Sunday before, or the last report, Brother Tim coming back for Uganda. It moved our hearts. Probably the one of the best missions report I've heard, Brother Tim. And it, it has caused us to unite with the saints in Uganda and what God is doing in Uganda. And so we're just so thankful that not only can we get behind you in support and prayer and giving, Brother Stephen, but we give you our hearts today. That you can minister this weekend and bless the people. May God use you in a special way and we welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful that you put us on your agenda. <laughs> you know, it's, sometimes we want to run from our, our responsibilities. But there's a big lasso called the Holy Ghost. And he knows how to get a hold of us. And God knows what we have need of tonight and this weekend on Sunday. So come hungry, come expecting, and God will fill your cup one more time. Here's my cup, Father, we thank you, Lord God. At this time, we trust and we have confidence that we are standing before the great throne of grace tonight. Father, we just want to be like John, who caught the revelation of the Lamb as he had been slain. And he moved into a time of worship and praise. He glorified your holy name, Heavenly Father. And everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Heard him say, Father, dear Lord God, the praises to Jehovah God. Father, we come always before you in moments like this. Heavenly Father, there is such a humbling Lord God. Father, dear Lord God, when we know that we have come before the holy presence of Jehovah, our hearts melt within us, Heavenly Father, and we even never know where to begin from. But Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that you are eternal, Father, dear Lord God, and you are omnipotent and omniscient, Lord, you knew, Father, dear Lord God, the end from the beginning. You even knew about this hour, Lord. 
you knew about me standing before the presence of your children. Heavenly Father, therefore we invite you, Lord God, that that which was predestinated from before the foundation of the world to be today may be, Father. We search a great and mighty anointing to your word. Father, dear Lord God, that you may hide it in the hearts of your children and at a time such as they have need. Heavenly Father, that they may pull it back. Father, dear Lord God, say this day, this scripture is fulfilled. Bless our hearts, Heavenly Father. Give us the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Help us to rest, O oh God, as you speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> it's a great blessing for me to be here. And uh, I certainly appreciate Brother Ed for making this possible for me today. Amen. Amen. You see, I remember the words of Brother Branham very well, that you get into the presence of a great man, he may feel, make you feel like you are the great one. So, all since I've been around, you know, yesterday and uh, being around these men of God, they somehow make you feel like you're something. (laughs) And they make you feel like you can say something. You see, that is very tremendous for me. And uh, knowing that we have got even the greater one, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, I'm sure he's going to give us what we have need of today. So we want to give thanks to God for giving us Brother Ed back to life again. And uh, we appreciate that. We were really praying. At that time, we were expecting Brother Tim to be with us. And the trip was cancelled. And I remember, you know, being with Brother Ed and talking over certain things. And, uh, you know, he told me that he has very good, you know, health. But, uh, you know, the enemy Satan knows, you know, sometimes he comes and tries to shake our faith. But we thank God that uh, he gave him back to us. And we appreciate, you know, his participation uh, for the mission work together with you since here and uh, the offering that you give to us back and forth brother Tim to come over uh, we certainly appreciate God for that uh, just to announce that in the next few days we are going to have the church age book back home and I'm sure that it's going to be a very great asset uh, for the uh, mission work that we are involved with because once the people get those books in their hands and they start reading them, then those books generate points of fellowship, you know, and that changes the whole thing. So uh, one thing we need to pray for is uh, the complete healing of our brother Fred, uh, the man who is responsible for uh, doing the transcripts and uh, is the voice of Brother Branham back in the country. And I think for you to have that kind of feeling, I will call back his voice here on Sunday if the Lord wills, so that, you know, you go with that. Uh, you know, not many people can do what he's doing. Yeah, so we really need to pray for him. You know, he's in such a situation that he's well today and he's not tomorrow. And, you know, but I wonder how in that kind of bill of health he can go down into the water and baptize hundreds of people in a single day. You know, it's just God. Yeah, it's God, nothing more than that. 
So I also want to appreciate God for uh, giving grace to to me to come back again and uh, meet the people that I've known over the years. Brother Kim, God bless you. Yeah, when he comes into the country, he has a desire to stay at the house, and uh, we appreciate you so much. You know, we talk through into the deep hours of the night. And uh, many brothers I've known for many years, Brother Tom, uh, Brother John, and is here for about 30 years. I met him when he was just a very small boy. You know, but the Lord has been gracious. He's a big bishop now. And, <laughs> and I saw his son is almost bigger than him, Brother Timothy. So we thank God for that. I also want to appreciate God for Brother Tim uh, sacrificing his life to come and be with us. Now, kwa kondugu okelo ni nakusalimu nasema jamba sana. That was necessary. Let us stand up and get into the reading of the word. <laughs> uh, we shall go to uh, the book of St. Luke. Uh, chapter 2 and verse 40. Just relax and uh, get into the day of Pentecost. Yes, if you don't, you may miss the tanks. But if you get into the day of Pentecost, yeah. amen, you know the Holy Ghost himself will interpret my accent to you. I trust that's possible. <laughs> So St. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And the child grew and walked strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. May the Lord add blessing the reading of his word. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to take for a subject tonight on the child grew and we knew that that child was actually the manifestation of the word in the body of flesh to us so the word is the fountain of life we know that in the beginning was the word and it is the source of life and we know that anything that has life has the potentials to grow and reproduce itself. Amen. So God had thoughts that he spoke, and remember that when he spoke the thoughts, the thoughts are brought forth a manifestation. You know, because they were thoughts, and uh, they were anointed thoughts. And you know, he says, let there be light. He spoke divine thoughts, and those thoughts were creative thoughts. Because they had life, they had the ability to reproduce themselves. So therefore, the word is the word when it can bring forth a physical manifestation. You know, because the thought has a desire, then the word speaks the desire, And that desire through the word puts on life. Amen. So, Brother Branham told us that God has no idle words. Because every statement he makes 
creates itself into substance. He says our God makes every word manifest. He doesn't speak idle words. He told us not to. Sometimes we speak words that don't have life. But we need to speak anointed words. You know Moses, for him to become a creator, he had to speak the thoughts of God back. You know, the way now uh, those thoughts came to Moses, they come through the word. And so God speaks to Moses and he says, Moses, now you speak the frogs into existence. So Moses believes the thoughts, but for those thoughts to catch life, Moses had to translate them into the word. So the word is not your thoughts. The word is the thoughts of Jehovah. So we need to listen to the word, study the word, pray about the word, that what we know to be the word may translate itself into the very thoughts of God. And when that happens that way, it becomes the anointed word, which has got life and has got the ability to reproduce itself. So the reason why the word comes through the mind of a believer is because it wants to put on flesh. Amen. You wake up in the morning, you put on a tape, you listen or you study your Bible, and then as you are going out of the house, there is something that actually remains. It's more prominent than everything else you studied that morning, and that then means it's the word that wants to put on flesh that day. So you believe it, you meditate it, you speak it out in the channel of creation. Amen. You know, if God spoke to you about what a son is, that day you go with the word, I am the son of God. And when you confess that, because it's anointed thought, it puts on life and you receive the confidence, thou art the son of God. Amen. Amen. You can say, came from God, and I go back to God. Those anointed thoughts that we are supposed to think. You just say, I am justified. I am sanctified. I am an overcomer. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Those anointed thoughts. But your fears are not anointed thoughts. Your doubts are not anointed thoughts. So you don't need to take time struggling and fighting about the negatives that go through the mind. Amen. You see, speak the thoughts of God, not your thoughts. Your thoughts are not creative concepts, but they are human fears. And the problem about this is that also those thoughts, once you entertain them, they also put on the negative life. Yeah, you remember Job saying, that which I feared befell me. So if Job was speaking and thinking the concepts of God, they've got the power to create themselves into positive situations. Amen. You see, in your weakness, God says, thou art Peter. With all his struggles, he says, thou art Peter. And when, you know, he says, thou art Peter, Peter started growing towards what Peter represents. Are you together with me? Yeah, because those were anointed folks, and they passed through the channel of life. 
Amen. And as they pass through the channel of life, they start crowding away everything that stops him from being the Peter that God wanted him to be. Amen. So listen here, I cannot bypass this. Brother Branham, in the infallibility of God's spoken word, he says, and if he say he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that's the very moment that God perceived the fault. And the fault was created by God himself. And every time God makes a fault, it is a creation. And when he speaks it, it becomes a reality. So every word of this Bible is God's spoken creative thought. And every time it's taken into the right ground, it's made to be manifest. Amen. You see, the word has life. You are not the one who puts life in the word. It's not your fears that puts life in the world. The word itself has got its own life because it's the seed. Amen. And every seed has a life of its own. So the word is a seed. And within are the potentials of creation. And once sown in good ground, it will bring forth an eternal character. It will manifest Christ. Because Christ is the life of that seed. And that's why the scripture says, when Christ who is our life, he is already on the inside of you and is the hope of the production of glory. Amen. So it will divinely bring forth the very character of Christ. Let me say one thing here. You know, you are what you are. You are like that colored lady Brother Branham spoke about. She knew her situation. She knew she was not what she wanted to be, but yet she was not what she used to be. So that means that she was on the transition. She was growing into a particular physical divine manifestation. She knew what she wanted to be. And once you know what God wants the bride to be, that's what your thoughts are going to be. Amen. Amen. And whatsoever you do, try to do everything through the filter of that revelation. Amen. Amen. Because once you do that, it takes on life. You remember very well, David. When he was having a lot of troubles on the time of transition, amen, to become the king. And then, you know, he had to be tried from all situations, you know, until finally he had to develop the manifestation of divine character. Before he could become a king, he had to have an entire revelation of who Jehovah is. And he had a complete revelation. And in Psalms chapter 23, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He understood him in all different characteristics. He understood all his attributes. And he says, As long as I know him this way, I shall not want. Amen. Because he knew that he just needed to present the word. And then as he presents the word, the word itself has its own life and it comes to manifestation. Amen. Amen. He had a lot of trouble with his soul. He fought many times with his soul. But his fight was a different fight. It was a fight of saying, Lord, give me grace through these trials. 
And then when finally Saul is dead, David is not uh, celebrating. With a lot of that pressure, he says in 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 3, And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? He says, There is no way it can't be my kindness. Yeah, I've had a lot of trouble. As a human being, I would have certain human feelings. But yet, there is something in me that desires to show kindness. Then he says, this is not my kindness. It's the kindness of God. You know, David has sown the seed, and the seed was coming to life. It was a manifestation of the character. So, the word has potentials. <laughs> Once you sow it in a good ground, it has got its own potentials. And now, the potentials of the word begin to project out as the fruit of the Spirit through the life of David. And he says, that I may show him the kindness of God, not my kindness. So once you sow that seed, the seed has its own life. Even in the difficult situation, that life takes over from you. Amen. Because you're planted by the rivers of water and you bring forth your fruit in your season. Amen. Amen. If it's a time of trial on your brotherly kindness, then the life of Christ, you know, begins to project out. No longer I, but Christ that lives in me. Amen. So the word never fails. It has got an eternal character, and through the seven church ages, it worked itself through a many-membered body. Amen. Once in a good ground, the word speaks. Amen. In Jesus, it spoke volumes because it was a predestinated ground. Amen. So the word had found a body to make itself manifest. And Paul called him the express image of the invisible God. Amen. Amen. And Paul, when he looked at the inner being of the sacrifice, he used these words and he says, A body hast thou prepared me. It was a body prepared to receive the word and manifest the word. Tonight I'm very happy to declare that before me stands a people who can also stand and say, A body has thou prepared me. The Holy Spirit in you, he wants to make himself manifest. Amen. So when Jesus came, he became the express image of the invisible God. And these are the statements of Jesus. In John 17, 6, he says, I have manifested thy name. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And you know what a name is? A name was a definition of character. Amen. And he was called Eve because she was mother of all living. And then now, Abraham is going to produce a certain form of character. And he says, thou shalt not be called Abraham, thou shalt be called Abraham. And Jesus comes, and he says, I come in my father's name. 
Oh, I come to display the character of my Father. I come to display the Word and the volume of the book that can be read of all men. Amen. So the Word is the thoughts of God expressed when it finds a good ground. Amen. Then that makes the believer the volume of the book. Because out of his ground grows a manifestation. Listen, I can't avoid this quote, friends. Now, this is the message God hiding himself in simplicity. He says, Lord Jesus, in the way of humility, in the way of humbleness, I offer you this congregation that's on their feet. I offer them to you because they have stood in response to the call. They are seeking deeper things. They are seeking more life. After hearing the blood of Jesus so thoroughly cleanses that there is no more nothing that the complete word of God rests within them. That the very command of their voice is creative power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because in them is the Holy Ghost. And this Holy Ghost is a creator. He makes things come to pass. Because he speaks the word. And the word spoken becomes God in action. What a part. And that word dwells on the inside of you. Amen. And God, he had to let the prophets receive his thoughts. And once they receive it, they have, I mean, his thoughts, they spoke the thoughts. Whether they understood the thoughts or they didn't understand the thoughts. Hallelujah. They just come forth and speak the thoughts. A virgin shall conceive. Isaiah, have you ever heard of that? No. Not even through the school of science. But you see, they are divine thoughts that are creative thoughts. God is able to make that come to pass. See, many times we just allow the devil use our mind to disbelieve the word we are supposed to believe. You see, we just believe the word. We need to command ourselves, you know, let the word itself become the command of my life. Whether I understand it, or I don't understand it, the only thing I need to say, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So the word on the inside of us begins to be our commendation. Hallelujah. We don't want no man's commendation. The word on the inside reproduces the life of the word. Amen. And then my testimony is not me. My testimony is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. Listen now. You see, Paul says, when we give ourselves... To be the ground, good ground to the word, we become written epistles, read of all men. And to this Paul says, we don't need any letter of commendation. Because the word devotes a certain form of character through you. Amen. 
just like in Numbers chapter 12 verse 3, Moses did not say, I'm the meekest man on earth. No sir, it's not Moses. The word said that of him. It was not his production, but the word on the side produces it and testifies of it. Amen. Job in one one is not him who said, I was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. No, but God himself looks at himself, he's the perfect one on the side of us. In Isaiah 41.8, Abraham is declared to be the friend of God. It's not Abraham declaring himself. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, David, a man after God's own heart. Amen. So it's now not me, but the word himself. Listen, friends. Christ did not come to reveal himself. He did not come to make himself known. He did not come to testify of himself. The Father, which was the Word on the inside of him, testified of him. That, listen, this is good ground. And then John 5, verse 30. He says, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth the witness of me, and I know that the witness which is witnesses of me is true. Because he says, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased to dwell. He did not say, I am the most beloved son of the Father in whom he desires to dwell. Are you together with me? So that's why Brother Branham says, Christ did not come down to make himself known. He did not come to reveal the Son. He came to reveal and make known the Father. I'm coming. So Jesus came to reveal the Father as we come to reveal Christ. And every one of us has a unique part of Christ to reveal. And then, you see, this whole thing plays out there in the threefold mystery. All that God was, He poured into Christ. And Christ had to grow into that stature of manifestation. Hallelujah! That's why the Bible says, And the child grew. And he came to the purpose. He was full of grace. And he was able to offer it. Such as I have, give I unto thee. And now, the son himself now says, As my father sent me, so send I you. I'm going to pour my glory. I'm going to pour my power. I'm going to pour my greatness in you. Amen. Let us just strike a little bit of another octave here. When Malachi 4 came, he sold the fields with the word. And right now, technically, we are in the harvest. Yeah, because we had three sowers. 
We had Billy Graham and we had all Roberts, but there's only one man who sold the word. The sower sows the word. And you see, there's no reason why you sow unless there's supposed to be a harvest. We sow for a harvest. You don't just sow the seed and walk away. But you sow the seed and you watch until that seed comes to maturity. So we now know that the sower of the word was the son of man. So he sowed the word, not a denominational seed. And now we know that there were two reigns and there will always be two reigns in the farming business. There's the former rain, which puts the seed in the ground. And then there is a latter rain, which brings the seed into harvest. Two seeds now, I mean two rains now. So the teaching rains came sowing the seed of the world. Now, let me tell you that in both rains, it's the same Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit being a teacher of the word, sowing it into the hearts of the people? And it's the same Holy Spirit who comes to give that word life. Amen. Amen. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 2, he says, My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. He says, that is my former rain. It comes to you as the doctrine of the word. Amen. So there is nothing more to add to the former rain. It already produced whatever we have need of. And as I said, technically, we are in the harvest. Amen. We are being told to prophesy again. Listen, after the seeds were sown, that means that there has to come a harvest. If there is no harvest, we cannot sow back. Are you picking the principle here? I'll write this trail again. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, I'm going to bring back the same cycle. Hallelujah. The same cycle that Malachi went through and sowed the word. I'm going to come back and have a ministry within the bride. To pick those seeds back and sow them so that those seeds can grow. Amen. So, the same one who came as the former rain is the same one that comes forth in the manifestation era. The same spirit. So, he said to Sarah in the former rain. And he says, I will return unto thee. According to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. I'm right here giving the promise. That's my former rain. Sowing the seed of faith. Amen. But it matures when I come back. 
and be the same energizing power to bring my promises to life. Are you together with me? So the season we are in is the season now. Listen, not only of manifestation. We are in the season of sowing and reaping. Amen. We speak the word for manifestation. Yeah, we don't speak it as just a mere doctrine to place it there. But we sow so that we can bring to harvest. There has to be a life within the seed that we plant. That's why the scripture is so particular that even if he was born the Christ, but the child grew. Hallelujah. Amen. The child grew. He had to come to a point where he manifests the purpose. And he says he was full of grace. And therefore he was able to offer it. But many times, what do we plant the word for? To create a separation? No. We plant the word that the word may bring forth the fruit of the spirit out of the sons and daughters of God. Amen. Now, let's go to Joel chapter 2 here and verse 23. Praise the Lord. On Sunday we shall talk about what the Lord is doing. (laughs) Back home and uh, we share testimonies and, you know, rejoice together. Joel chapter 2 verse 23. He says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. Moderately. Amen. And will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. He says that I'll first of all in the restoration bring you the ministry of Malachi 4. And he is going to be former rain coming moderately. You see, it's not a flood. Once it becomes a flood, it's no longer God. But he says, I'm going to bring it moderately in such a humble way that it can be able to bring forth the crop. And then... Right here, our promise lies in the second part, where the former and the latter is brought unto us in one month. So that makes me and these men here planters in the time of the harvest. Because the scripture says, as life continues, sowing and planting shall continue. Is that amen? amen? So, Brother Branham said, when the headstone comes, there will be a church here on us to receive it. Amen. It will have a ministry just exactly like his. So, that's why he goes into Hosea to make it so clear in Hosea chapter 6 verse 3. 
He says, then shall we know, if we follow to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain. As the latter and former rain unto the earth. He says there is going to come a time when he, now is a personal pronoun. He comes among us as both reigns. The person of Christ being revealed in this hour is not a planter. And neither is the only harvester. But he brings both reigns together. Why? Because Malachi foresawed the word. And the word came to a maturity. A people separated themselves to this. Amen. And so now he says, the ministers are going to take of the same word. And plant it back among the people because they are some that have never had Malachi for. So the word must be planted back so that we may have a reaping, a harvest. Oh, hallelujah. He shall come unto us. Yes, sir. sir. So when, listen, friends, the Lord told Brother Branham, pick up your pen and write. And when he told him, pick up your pen and write, he said that the word is in the bride as it was in Mary. But when he says the word is in the bride as it was in Mary, he did not say that the word shall not grow. Because the word has life. The word has to grow and bring forth a manifestation. Listen, the quotes don't change, but we need to discern the times and seasons. Isaiah 7.14 remains in the scripture, a virgin shall conceive. Oh, the word is in the bride. Yeah, but the word grows. Amen. So let us look a little bit because the word has to come to a harvest because it's a seed which has got life. We pick it and then we sow it back again. And then the people who are believing now, we can say the word is in the bride. But for them also, that word has to grow. And bring forth a manifestation. So the question is, what fruit is the bride bringing forth? Because for a seed, it has to bring itself back to life again. There has to be a manifestation. There has to be an adoption of the sons of God. Then there has to be, uh, behold, he's among us. You see, growth brings the body of, church, of the church into a harvest. Amen. Once again, we need to display the parent seed. Because when we say the seed is in the bride, the word is in the bride, fine. Show me the word. <laughs> because growth manifests adoption. Amen. When I was a child, Paul says, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I fought as a child. But when I became a man, 
I put away child's things. Saying, I came to the harvest. I began to manifest the character of the word that was planted on the inside of me. There has to be a harvest wherever the seed goes. The scripture says, remember, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And more scriptures lower, he says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. So, the word has its dynamics. It's not always mechanics. Once you put it there, it propels the vehicle. It causes the vehicle to gain distance. It causes the power out of the machine. It declares the machine to be alive and not dead. My, 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 my. And the child grew. Amen. So he grew into his purpose. And the world started harvesting off of that mature seed. Those who were in need, they went to feed off of that tree of life. Together with me. And the child grew. Why? Because he was born of a living seed. He had to come to the purpose of his birth. See, redemption came by a mature seed manifesting all its divine attributes. Hallelujah. He couldn't bring us to what we are as a child in a, uh, that, what do you call that? In the manger. It couldn't be him. He had to grow and come to the purpose. So, after the manifestation... Of all the attributes, he could then go to the cross and release those attributes into seed again. Are you together with me? Because the seed had grown. It came to the purpose. And so he had to go to the cross and release the seed of life again. And the seed of life was planted into a body of believers. And through the seven church ages, the child grows again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he kept gaining, he kept growing, he kept through the seven church ages until when he strikes the age of Laodicea, the age of the Amen, out comes the prophet. To reveal and he says, oh my, the Godhead bodily. He says that was Christ and now Christ in the church. He says now the church is Christ bodily, the Godhead of the, I mean the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It's now dwelt in the church, the same seed. It not remain in the Ephesian condition. 
and the child grew. The seed was released at Calvary. And on the door of Pentecost, it found another ground again. And the life of Christ began flourishing through there again. Praise the Lord. In the message Hidden Life, Brother Branham says, But then, that child when he was born, was in type of the church today. They born him again by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God has been tutoring his church. Bringing it up. Raising it up. To its time now for something else to happen. Whenever the scripture says the child grew, there was something that takes place. We are going to see. You see? So, he says the church ought to be grown by this time, but many of us who ought to be teaching others are yet desiring the sincere milk of the Bible. See? We need someone to teach us when we should be teachers. And to that I bow my head in shame that I know I should know more about God than I do. See where I'm coming from? Yeah, that's the same child. You know, through Jesus' body, now again through the church. There was a developing maturity, greater manifestation of Christ through all the seven church ages until it comes down to the capstone. And then he says, and he shall come unto us as the foreman lettering together. The manifestation of our life, the harvest, the adoption of the sons of God. Amen. Amen. Listen, about Isaac, the Bible says, And the child grew and was weaned. There was a change of desire in the dieting of this child. He needed more of the hard corn of the land. He was wind. He had to go beyond to the identification of who he is. And Brother Branham says, when we come to the realization of who we are, the rapture takes place. See? And about Samson, the scripture says, And the woman bare son, and he called his name Samson. And the child grew. And the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move him. He says, I'm not going to move a baby. I'm not going to take him out there to fight in the camps of the, Pharise- I mean the Philistines as a baby. He says, this child must grow. He must come to a point when the Father has confidence in him to deploy him. About Samuel, the scripture says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. So whenever growth is mentioned here, these men went into something. There was something to declare that they have grown. 
These little squabbles among them cease. They know what they were raised for. Not to fight one another. Not to praise themselves. But to be the manifestation of the living God. When the child grows and is taken before the presence of Jehovah and he says, Whom shall we send? Isaiah says, Here I am, send me. Growth brought these men to the point where they could manifest their purpose in life. And that's the harvest. The master comes into the harvest looking for fruit. That's what the master comes in the, the farm for. When he was hungry and he was moving around, he sees this tree and there was nothing, he cast it. Why? You should be growing. You should be developing some fruit. The fruit of the spirit. The virtuous life of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you here for encumbering the ground? <laughs> You see? And so he says, no man will ever eat of you. See, each time we see that the master has come down into the farm, it is a harvest. That's what we are here for. We say, and the Lord shall descend with a shout. Why? Because it is harvest time. It's a manifestation of life. And the life of, of the bride is so close to who the master is. And so it attracts him. I don't know whether there are any of you who are farmers. You know when you put your seed in the ground and the harvest begins to look so good. You want to stay in the farm every day. Go around and you say, this is the better place of my farm or mine. This one is catching up and you always want to be out there. Let me tell you. We can be able to keep his presence among us. When we open ourselves up. And we become positive towards the word. So the word picks its own life. And then when the master begins to see the fruit of the spirit. Then he's around all the time. We can even say the alpha become omega. You know the former and latter in together. Listen to Jeremiah 5.24. I'm trying to see where I can wind off. Jeremiah 5.24. He says, Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God, that giveth rain both the former and latter rain in his season. And then he says, He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. He says when he brings these rains together, he's going to set a space of time, which is a space of harvest to manifest the kind of seed that we are. Because when the seeds go into the ground, it's for a purpose that there must come a harvest. And Brother Branham says there is going to come another Ephesian. 
a manifestation of the light of the seed that went into the ground. So what we have is a living seed, and it has life in it. It's capable of bringing forth itself into harvest. Amen. Amen. So the Ephesian is the manifestation of the life of the seed. Hallelujah. Because all these men, like Joshua, his ministry after it was done, it brought an Ephesian, a manifestation. When John the Baptist came, his message brought forth an Ephesian. When Jesus did his ministry, it brought forth an Ephesian. And he says there has to be another Ephesian to this age. And I'm so happy. To see all of you. That is another Ephesian to this journey. It's the harvest. Hallelujah. And let me tell you one thing friends. You do not need to believe the devil. You came to believe the word. Just keep confessing the word. It has got a life of its own. Become very positive. And God is going to recycle his word through you. And bring you to harvest. Amen. And you remember when those moments of fear came. The master would come among his disciples. And says fear not. You are not supposed to fear because the seed on the inside of you is perfect love and perfect love casts out fear. Amen. Let's just be positive towards the word all the time saying that says the word. The Lord Jesus Christ on the Mount of Temptation, he was positive to the word. the devil brings it in the negative Jesus gives it back in the positive Amen Amen. Brother Branham here says all true life that was in the stock tassel and husk is now gathering in the seed he's saying true life ready for the resurrection ready for the harvest the alpha has become the omega the first become last, and the last is the first. The seed that went in has come through a process and it become the seed again. Amen. The seed that fell in the Garden of Eden and died there, come back through the imperfect seed. Amen. That died there, come back to the perfect seed, the second Adam. Amen. So the ministry of Christ produced, listen. It's a feast in the upper room. That was a harvest. And the disciples sowed back. And through the seven church ages, the seed has been growing. And that's why he says, all true life that was in the stock, it has been growing all that true life through the tassel. Through the husk is now gathering in the seed, ready for the resurrection, ready for the harvest. So all to life, the seed of life of every age has been growing towards this. And you are the harvest. You are the harvest. Believest thou this? 
Amen. You are just hanging up there under the hot sun to burn out all the greenness, to burn out all the fears. And the Holy Ghost is going to make that life on the inside of you more positive. Because it's going to be a more manifestation of Christ through a body of believers. He says to this very age that we are living, the Ephesians again of the church ages, we got seven church ages and we are promised that at the Laodicea church age there would be another Ephesian. My, 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 my. You are the growth of the child. <laughs> the child grew. Praise the Lord. So, I want to give this as my final octave here. So many people say, Brother Stephen, if we are in the harvest, why do we have all this confusion? These people going and those people deserting the message. Why? It is so simple. You see, when the seed was sown, the negative sower came from the back. That was not out there in the denominational seed, but it was in the farm of the word. There was a sower that comes behind what Malachi foresaws. And when he sowed his seed, it was not a denominational seed. It was so close to the real that some of the reapers, the farmers, wanted to pluck it out. But they could not tell the difference. Because it was so exact, quote after quote, scripture after scripture, but the only problem was the attitude with which the seed was sown. There was some form of psychology, some form of competition, personal goals. It was not denominational seed. But the motive and objective we attach to the seed is what makes it a Matthew 24, 24. It doesn't bring back the life. You see? When Paul sowed the seed, he was scared about the men of motive and objective. He said they are going to come behind you. And they are going to sow negative seed. You see, they are not going to leave the seed in its original channel so that it reproduces itself to life. And so, now, we see that all those seeds have been sowed through the ages. I mean through the years. And now that we are in the harvest, those seeds also begin to come up among us. To show the character, the nature, the motive, the objective. But the seed will always remain sure. It will remain pure. 
You are the pure seed of the spoken word of Jehovah. Hallelujah. The grace of God is going to hold you together as a body. Amen. And you are going to stay under the hot August sun. And the sun is going to burn away all this greenness. Burn away all these motive objectives. And you are going to remain the pure, virtuous bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. My, 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 my. How can you fail when even nature is expecting you and cheering you on? He's saying you can make it, man. Just keep pushing. You can make it, man. Amen. Nature is calling upon you. Oh, my. They recognize who thou art. Nature recognizes you. It recognizes the seed on the side of you. It recognizes the life of Christ. When that wild bull was coming, I won't tell you when it looked a second time. He says, there comes a man who has got the spirit of adoption living on the side of him. The bull had to bow. Nature is waiting for us because nature groans. And these groans are the inner longings for total redemption. Nature looks forward in faith, believing that the man who sinned will be restored to his full adoption. That's what nature is looking for. Amen. Nature's faith. I wonder why you have doubt. Nature knows that we'll be a bride. But why should the bride be doubtful? Amen. Become more positive. Hallelujah, the prophet told us that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord doesn't change a message. He makes the word more positive to the people. Hallelujah. Amen. We say, let me tell you, friends, the fullness of adoption, amen, is a rebirth of both nature and man. Because when Adam fell, he lost life, he lost the earth. So your redemption, God is not going to put you in these filthy cities like Vancouver. There has to be a new birth to the earth as there is a new birth of you. If the Lord permits us, we shall look at what God is doing tomorrow. Friends, the child grew. And it grew because in him dwelt the seed of life. The Holy Spirit in you feeds on the word. Don't you be negative. Be very positive. Amen. In the natural, listen. The farmer and the seed are different in nature. They are different in nature. Boas and the barley were not the same crop. One was human, together with me, and the other was a natural crop. But in this harvest, the Lord of the harvest and the seed are the same nature. <laughs> that makes the difference. 
So when he comes to Colossians 3, 4, he says, When Christ with our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. We are the same life. Amen. And then he says here in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved now, not tomorrow, now are with the sons of God, and does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And when he comes to 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, he says, Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is present tense, so are we in this world. Because we are life of his life. So our maturity is the return of the image and likeness, which is the garment with the character of the bride. And you know character speaks of disposition, nature, attributes, exposition, way of life. That's what the character is. We lost a nature, which is the likeness and the image. Let us make man in our image and likeness. So we are exactly like the character of the Lord himself. When that nature is brought back, that is our harvest. So, and this character is an inner life of Christ in the bride. So, the harvest therefore, in this particular aspect, is a marriage. That's the harvest. It is a marriage. It is Christ looking for bone of his bones, flesh of his flesh, Spirit of his spirit. That's what the harvest is. It's Boaz coming in. This time he's not taking a crop. He's taking a bride. You see the harvest, what it is? It is a union. It is a marriage. It's a manifestation of the same life. Because when the first Adam turned, he says, Hey, she shall be called woman. She's born of my bones. Flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman because she came out of me. And the second Adam replicates that. That's why when Paul is teaching in marriage in Ephesians 5, he says, I'm giving you all these natural examples, but I'm speaking about Christ and his church. The harvest will be a marriage. God bless you. Amen. I think we can leave it to that for now. My, do you love him? Yes. Amen. Let's stand up. And the child grew. And the body of the bride is growing. Until we become life of his life. Flesh of his flesh. Born of his bones. And we come into union. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you Lord God for the saints that have been able to participate in the service tonight. Father, the sacrifice that they've had. Father, to come before your presence, I pray that you reward it. You are the teacher, and you are the one who energizes your word. Heavenly Father, this is not doctrine, but it's lifting a people to the position where they are supposed to be. Give them the grace, Father, dear Lord God, and the desire to come into union with their husband, Christ. Father, may you help to grow this 
uh, union with Heavenly Father. We see that when the children grew, Father, they changed and they come into a position, Father, of authority, a position of responsibility. And we know that when the life of Christ in the bride grows, it's going to change us, Lord God, from just being church members to being the very wife of the Lamb. This is our desire. Help us to grant this harvest, Father, which is a marriage union. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Did you have a great meal? Amen. Amen. Can we sing, I've got the life of God in me? You might as well put it on your lips and you might as well confess it. And believe it and be positive about it. And let that word grow in you. And the child grew. You can say this evening, and the bride is growing. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got His life, His nature, and His ability. I've got the confession on your lips tonight I thought it was tremendous how the word of God started to progress this evening to bring us into manifestation of the sons of God into a marriage at harvest time what an hour we're living in and you see how the prophet brought choosing a bride invisible union right at the end of his ministry I say God what a word that we believe what a message that has come for a people to realize who she is in Christ Jesus. This word is powerful, saints. It's not just another doctrine, as Brother Ibali was saying. This is the word of God come down to live in good ground. And if you are good ground tonight, then the word of God will manifest a marriage. And may God's union with us be a manifestation for God in this hour. Brother Branham said this one thing. I, I love the quote and I, I love it. He said, now I'm going to repeat. He says, and want you to repeat what I say. I'm going to put it on your lips. And as they accepted the word and they put the lips on the word, he said, these words will cause Satan to leave. 
And so if we can take the Word of God and hear it in its purity, and we can put that on our lips, it will drive the devil out of your lives. But you have to confess it, you believe it, and say, let it be unto me according to your Word. And the child grew. Let that Word grow in you. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. We've heard the Word in its truth and power tonight, Lord. We've come with great expectation. I can truly say, Lord, my soul has been fed. And Lord, we're so thankful that we can take on that word, believe that word, confess the word, and see it manifest within our lives. And so, Lord, we come together tonight to hear, thus saith the Lord. We didn't hear Brother Stephen Ibali. We heard the Word of God come through the vessel. And we receive it, Lord, like Mary did. And then like Sarah did. And they brought forth the Word of God in its purity. Bring it forth tonight in all of our lives. In Jesus' name. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Let it be manifested. Oh, let the beauty of Jesus see. Remember the, the Boyer family, Brother Ken Boyer, pastor in Calgary, Alberta, went on to be with the Lord. We've been praying for him and with the family over these months, and God saw, saw it fit to take him home. He got a promotion. He's on the other side. But he's got family here. he got a church in Calgary. We want to remember Brother Ken Boyer's wife, Sister Shelley. He has four boys and their families. So if you could just do that over the weekend, I believe the memorial service is on Monday, and uh, we'll be praying for the family as they feel the loss of a loved one, but heaven gained another, another soldier. So God bless you. Remember them in prayer. 
And we'll see you, Lord willing, Sunday morning, 10.30. Brother Stephen will be taking both morning and evening services, and we're looking forward to it. So greet one another. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're dismissed. May God be with you. Amen. Brother George, is this your last weekend? Next week. All right. God be with you, Brother George.